Chapter Six of A Superfluous Woman by Emma Frances Brooke. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Bruce Peary. Jessamine, pairing apples with Mrs. Mackenzie in the kitchen, was as pretty as an academy picture, and about as real. A peat fire burned on the hearth with the kettle swinging over it on one side the chimney sat mrs mackenzie a bowl of apples grasped in her sturdy knees and an empty one by her side paring away with the prosaic dispatch and a murderous sound of steel jessamine sat opposite on a wooden bench against the open window a trellis creeper pinked out the window frame with a pretty embroidery and cast a checker of light and shade over her head she had an earthenware bowl deftly balanced on her knee and a long ribbon of peel uncurled itself from her fingers slowly and daintily for jessamine worked in some fear of the knife and with care for the finish of the matter the door as well as the window was thrown open to let in a broad and cheerful beam and from outside the noises of foul life the hectoring and disputing the boasting and wise counsel of matrons the swagger of cocks assailed the ear with a continual reminder that there are other worlds than ours mrs mackenzie said jessamine breaking the silence who was that man who called last night on your husband the question had been goading the tip of her tongue all morning that will be colin mcgillivray you are meanin him and john are great friends mcgillivray dolfaber added mrs mackenzie to be explicit mr colin mcgillivray of dolfaber repeated jessamine and where is dolfaber it will be west to here across the fields on the other side the road the house lying far off by the lock that will be it it lies on the hill above the lock high on the moor ah i think i know so near as that some barns and a thatched cottage and some oat fields that will be dull faber lassie it will be lying about half a mile distant a thatched cottage McGilvery's have but a poor wee hoosie. I suppose is he a farmer? Oh yes, he is a farmer. Does he work for himself? Oh yes, he will be doing all the work on the farm. It will be his father's farm, old Rory McGilvery. He is a very old man. Jessamine was silent again mrs mackenzie dropped three apples into the bowl to her one mr colin mcgillivray is married of course said she presently oh no colin is not married oh no indeed and he is not married he will be just living with his father and mother you like this mr mcgillivray he is a respectable man oh yes we like colin mcgillivray very well he is just a douce quiet man his mind's just in his work he doesn't think of much else there's nothing in him than his work that will be colin oh yes the farmers about keep themselves very respectable with which mrs mackenzie who saw mcgillivray with the familiar eye of one who looks upon a thing so commonly as to sweep the surface merely and to miss the essence 
dropped the last apple in the dish and seemed to reach the end of the subject not so jessamine for to meet the person who acquaints one with one's self is the great beginning of a very long matter some days passed and she did not again encounter mcgillivray nor come in his way but the mind which runs up and down the earth seeking while the feet halt went on its quest there are things so incomplete in themselves that one is tortured until they are rounded by a finish from the fields the highway and the moors loomed every day a possibility which ended in disappointment her eyes searched the distance as she walked and many a passing peasant was startled by her expectant glance into lifting his cap reverently to this presence of high quality and beauty from no eyes however did she catch the critical shaft of mcgillivray's and this caustic and cold still rankled in her heart it is of the nature of such wounds that the enemy who gives them proves the only physician it is also in the nature of things that while many come the one stays away and that frequent hands proffer trashy friendship while the single hand whose smart has made it valuable refrains jessamine walked often somewhere in the direction of dalfaber but on one occasion it was sunday afternoon took that course more frankly so far she had hovered on the outskirts of the farm in the woods or on the moor that flanked it not venturing beyond the enclosure a shy dread of repulse kept cancelling her wish for an encounter she felt the effect of an eye which can succeed better than the law and the police in keeping off intruders and making the owner proprietor of house and land this sunday afternoon however while man and beast reposed and the very air sank in vitality under the sabbath dullness an urgency of the heart got the better of more retreating instincts she stepped through the enclosure and then like a soul lost beyond the borders of orthodoxy began to wander about mcgillivray's fields and beside his rows of barley and oats and over his pastures until at last she neared the cottage itself the cottage was a roomy and primitive-looking building a chimney at either side tolerable windows and a wide door there was no pretence at adornment nor the faintest hint of a garden nevertheless the place with its dark heather thatch its grave loneliness a watch upon an environment of tumultuously tumbled hills had a sombre charm as though reminiscent of a hundred years of human life braved out within its walls in the bleak solitude jessamine approached the door was certainly ajar but a closed silent sabbatarian air a dullness as though the life within had been nipped affected her dismally and the expectation escaping from her heart left it flat enough to be composed she took some steps forward meaning to pass the cottage and go home at this point however 
a dog with disconcerting suddenness rushed from the door and sprang barking upon her jessamine the more startled that she had just been lulled into security gave a cry and increased the beast's excitement by running a pace or two toward the cottage her sharp and timorous call brought out the master pell-mell and before she had time to recall her dignity she found herself shrinking as is the manner of women in fear close behind mr colin mcgillivray at his appearance the dog changed his note to one of excellent temper and having done the mischief now sniffed round the pair inquisitively with a friendly wagging of the tail how do with you go back cried mr mcgillivray smiting in the air with his arm whereupon the collie walked away glancing back round the corner of his shoulder as he went as who would say my feelings suffer from this rebuff the dog would not have hurt you said mcgillivray now turning to jessamine and looking leniently into her wide-open startled eyes it's just his way of showing joy oh returned jessamine i thought he seemed very angry i was just a little frightened oh na na the dog was not angry it will just be his play but you will come in now and rest you a while mcgillivray's eyes were still lenient while with a very noble and gracious air he pushed the door open wider and signed to jessamine to enter she walked forward her heart still beating partly with physical fear partly in amaze at finding herself precipitated into the centre of an event which she had intended to approach with a prepared mind there were two rooms only on the first floor of the cottage but these were divided by a space from whence the staircase mounted to the story above beneath the staircase was a small cellar one of the two rooms was the kitchen the other to which colin ushered miss halliday possessed an alcove with a bed in it and was a combination of bed and sitting-room colin placed a chair for his guest and took one himself and this is your room said jessamine oh yes answered colin it will be mine as usual miss halliday's mere presence grouped her surroundings into a picture she sat in a high-backed chair her head thrown back her dark hair rumpled and a lovely lassitude in limbs and posture colin seated opposite with the ease of a man at home one arm flung carelessly over the back of his chair contemplated her steadily a touch of remorseful sympathy because of the quick rise and fall of her breast softened his lips and when jessamine's glance after wandering round the room paused large wistful shy upon his he immediately spoke i'm just most sorry indeed said he my dog has really frightened you well yes returned jessamine he looked very wild and savage as though he meant to hurt me na na he will never be doing any harm to any one he is just always for russian but it means nothing he is a good watch-dog at any rate oh yes he's a good watch-dog but he's most fond of strangers 
said colin still anxious for the removal of inhospitable impressions perhaps i had no right to be where i was ventured jessamine anxious to bring the conversation to less general topics indeed cried mcgillfrey starting forward with a courteous inclination of the head we are most pleased to see you we will be most glad if you will be coming just when you like to rest you here or to set and walk on the bit of land thank you returned jessamine and her thanks were accompanied by a grave luminous glance for which many a high-born gentleman in london would cheerfully have paid a price mcgillivray inclined his head slightly to one side to facilitate his quite impersonal observation of one pleasing trait the more in a pleasing picture meanwhile here as everywhere the poverty of human resource cast itself upon chatter as a refuge it is only the beasts and possibly the chinese who are sufficiently self-poised to sit opposite each other in homeric silence contenting themselves with the occasional embrace of a stolidly friendly eye in this cottage-room the conversation struggled on through the inequalities of class habit and class ideas like a lopsided car jessamine's alert tongue leaping from topic to topic to find that upon which the peasants would run easily while colin declined to become discursive upon any it was the lights and touches in his face and manner which revealed his nature as the sun falling upon a rock will discover its secret beauty he stood out from the triviality of the conversation with all his qualities large deep massive miss halliday's facility in remark began to strike him as for him at least a godless witchcraft though possibly an angelic trait in the world of quality and as he made courteous shift to reply he was troubled with a haunting recollection of the fourth commandment which bids men remember the sabbath day to keep it holy at length jessamine seizing upon the statement in pure nervous hurry to whip up the moment out of this laggard incapacity assured him of her admiration of the country and her appreciation of the beauty of the hills whereupon colin turned his head and let his eyes rest upon the range of mountains seen through the windows wearing in his expression a deep sufficiency of familiar content which seemed to remove him from her presence oh yes said he in his curious sweet voice oh yes it's a bonny country the hills look beautifully in the evening all this summer they really have been looking beautifully that was his utmost expansiveness and his eyes in their aloofness from her and their restful familiarity elsewhere seemed to set her aside she rose to go pained and baffled for a moment she stood hesitating in the whitewashed cottage-room beautiful and brilliant as some strayed rainbow cloud while he looked down upon her 
but nothing altered in his balance and gravity and she turned away an emptiness in her face like the withdrawing of sun from a prison ray colin accompanied her to the door and stood upon the threshold she bade him adieu and lifted once more a wistful and propitiating eye but colin his glance comprehensively including the hills over her shoulder as well as herself gravely saluted the high quality which had deigned to visit him by placing his hand to his forehead and murmuring thanks for her condescension he kept meanwhile an air of courteous dismissal and his brow so proud and uncontaminated an independence that it left jessamine the person abashed she did not go home but sought a lonely spot and sat down on the heather near a group of fir trees some demons chuckled derisively in those regions which conscience makes horrible it is a discomforting thing to graciously forsake your rank your high heels and your paint-pot in order to follow humanity at the plough and then to find that humanity at the plough keeps these articles ready to hand back to you with rigid courtesy putting the china shepherdess back in its right place on the shelf before proceeding unruffled with its own weighty affairs End of chapter 6